and we are back. Welcome in to another episode of Chasing 1969, a New York Jets podcast. Today is Thursday, January 4th. We are two days away from Teddy's favorite national holiday. Uh, before we get to him and before we get to all the fun, exciting topics that we've got coming up, have you connected the dots yet? Uh, I, yeah, it took me a second. <laughs> before we get to all that, before... Uh, we, we have a, a lot of fun Jets conversations coming up as we near the end of the regular season. Make sure to follow us on all of our socials at NYJ underscore chasing 69. Same as the um, YouTube channel. Teddy is at Teddy Huncho. I'm at Spring Blake with four A's in there. I'm not a big New Year's resolution guy, but I think one that I need to try and do is be better on the on the bird and be better on the uh, the, the content game here for this show. So I'll, I'll, yeah, I'm going to set a, I'm gonna set a New Year's resolution for that. So, uh, you know, and, and we've been on a streak now i think like a month and a half of doing one every other week which uh look it's we we aren't missing anything crazy you know it's this is kind of like the same time where we take the break between the end of the regular season until after right. the super bowl um that's just where this has been for the jets but um you know we'll try and you know we'll try unfortunately, and unfortunately it's yeah, it's go another ahead. year of the off season being the most exciting part of, exactly. of the year so exactly and and we will Our even have a there. chance to talk about that more in just a little bit um so you know, we'll we'll get this one out. Uh, we'll conclude at the end of uh, the regular season next week, and then we'll probably be on our same break until after the Super Bowl, um, unless anything crazy happens in the meantime in the in the world of Jets. Um, Theodore, how are you doing? How are you? Doing good, man. Tired from the holidays, you know. Didn't feel like I've been doing stuff for two weeks straight. You know, back at work this week, been a been a tough grind going back to being a normal person after you know a few days off sprinkled throughout yeah. the week, but. You know, I'm doing all right, I think. And and as as terribly that the Jets have have made me feel and how like disconnected and apathetic I am to them, I actually am very excited for this uh for this podcast we're doing today. I mean, we'll hit on some of the news things and, and the last couple of games they've had, but I'm I'm real excited for our draft, what we're looking forward to in twenty twenty four for the New York Jets. Um, I think that's gonna be a really good time, you know, a little look ahead, but hey. We're eliminated from the playoffs. That's what we do here. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, good show. A um, couple of quick hitters before we get to that draft. We will be going back and forth of, of, like you said, things to look forward to or that we're excited for for the Jets in 2024. Um, I guess we can quickly recap the last two games that we missed. Uh, the Jets uh, had a significant lead on the Washington Commanders on Christmas Eve. I believe at one point it got up to 27 to 7. Uh, Washington makes a switch to Jacoby Brissett as their starting quarterback, moves off of Sam Howell. Brissett leads this crazy comeback, uh, takes the lead 28-27, and then the Jets escape um, with a with a last-second field goal there. Funny, it's it's the second week in a row where Jacoby Brissett came in. It was the Rams the week before, and then the Jets, and he came in and just like the offense had life, and it was like, oh, that's weird. I wonder why he hasn't been starting the entire season. Um, but uh, we had that game, and then we had short notice, uh, you know, quick quick turnaround for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Joe Flacco absolutely torched the Jets. Uh, they're, they're just a really good team, you know, is where I can be mad at, at Washington and just be like, how did we let this really bad team, you know, uh, just, you know, have that crazy comeback and almost, you know, knock off the Jets at the end there. Uh, the Browns game, I was like, okay, that's a playoff team. That's a really good team. It does sting seeing a few former Jets on there, uh, you know, you know, having a good day. Um, and uh, but weird, weird couple of weeks. Where did you stand between both of those games? Yeah, I mean, we'll start with the uh, the Washington game. Um, 
you know, good to get a win. The Jets scored three times in the first quarter, which, you know, seemed very positive, right? It was like, oh, this is awesome. But then just as you had predicted the, our podcast before that week with Jacoby Brissett, you know, he comes in, immediately leaves, leads a comeback. The Jets looked horrible the entire uh, second half, only scored a field goal, um, you know, which was to win the game with five seconds left. But it was good to see a win. Not a great game from the New York Jets. And, and kind of this, uh, like... It, it reminds me of like a game from the last couple years that we try to get excited about. But when you actually just sit there and break down what actually happened, it's like there's not much to be excited about. I'll read you the um, <clears throat> the Jets three scoring drives in the first quarter, which, by the way, we usually have not scored in the first quarter. So it was exciting or to scored see. all. But we had one five play 17 yard drive ended in a field goal. We had a three-play, nine-yard drive after a um, Washington turnover. And then we had a two-play, 42-yard drive um, capped off with a 36-yard Brees Hall run. Um, I mean, you look at that right there. And and so right away in this game, we're up 17-0. We scored three times in the first quarter. But it's that same old story of, like, we we didn't get to put a drive together. You know, we didn't, like... Oh, it like the Texans game with Zach Wilson was actually like, wow, we have not seen this yet. They are going out there and they are moving the ball. They're playing consistent. They're converting on third downs. Like that's not what happened in this Washington game. We knew that they had, you know, the worst defense in the league. And obviously it was great to see us be able to score on them, but we really didn't have our way the way that we should have. And then we just let them crawl back into that game um, we had one good drive uh, to end the half, 11 plays, 71 yards. But truly outside of that, like nothing to write home about, you know, other than just the commanders making mistakes offensively and on special teams. Um, so, yeah, not the best game ever. We won. Obviously, it would have been better if we didn't win. I was sitting there at the end of the game kind of being like, I can't believe we blew it. But, hey, maybe this will help our draft a little bit. Um, so, you know, we got out of there with a win. Some pros, mostly cons, not the best game ever. Yeah. And, and you know, that's one of those where, and, and we've had our conversations about Robert Sala and what we would do if we were Woody Johnson this off season. And, um, you know, it doesn't seem, you know, that, that morning before the commander's game, it came out that, that uh, Woody does plan on, you know, bringing everybody back. And that even includes offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett. But, you know, we've had our conversation, on it, but games like that are what really, uh, worry me from a coaching perspective just like not being able to keep your composure not stepping on the neck when you're up 17 nothing despite it being you know lucky to get to that point to let a team crawl their way back in um, it's still an incredibly penalized team um, they are leading the league with 148 77 high 77 is a league high of offensive penalties as well too and they have the third most penalties in uh, Robert Salas tenure um, so Poorly, you know, uh, you know, uh, sloppy is the word. You know, they turn over the football. Um, they make mistakes. Bad on third down offensively. Um, I know Salah doesn't coach the offense, but just in terms of like a whole team standpoint, those are things where you look and you're like, okay, signs of a good coach. Maybe you're able to fix something up like that after season one or season two, not have it progressively get worse. You know, short note, short rest, you know, games on short weeks um, with, 
this season. Um, they are 0-4, being outscored 117-55. to um, Just things that kind of stick your head out and you're like, this is a sloppy, undisciplined football team, which is so crazy to say because the defense so often seems so disciplined and so keyed in on things. So maybe that's where you give the argument for Salah, but he coaches the entire team regardless of whether right, he is. Right, it's an not. Like, it's his program. Um, so what do you make of things like that, that keep popping up regardless of a look, it was a sloppy game for them. They won though, 30 to 28. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think it's, you, you have to have the same approach that you have with losses, right? I mean, how many times have I gotten here after a loss and, and kind of defended the jets and like, mm -hmm. like you can't let the results completely erase you know what you believe happened and at the end of the day i mean it's it's been a consistent problem throughout the year with penalties with coaching mistakes you know whatever you want to blame it on um you know it, there's a lot of stuff to get figured out right and, and there's a lot of things i haven't been you know completely on the side of getting rid of robert sala throughout this process but I, I, I'm not going to say that I'm not like worried at all that we're just running it back with the coaching staff that we have, just because to me, it does seem like a lot of our issues, you know, stem from coaching and just a lack of discipline and things like that, you know, a penalized team. Hey, it's the players who are out there getting the penalties. But, you know, since I've been in, since I was five years old watching football, I've been hearing people say that's a coaching issue. Right. And, and so it's one of those things where, where there's a lot to get figured out with this team. And, and I think you can point to a lot of things with the defense that Robert Sal's done and say, hey, that's a great job. But then I think there's just as much uh, that you can point to where it's like, hey, this is pretty questionable. So I don't even know. I mean, this, <laughs> the big theme for me is that the Jets have put my mind in a blender because I, I was all excited about this season. I thought they had a pretty good team. I thought they had a team that was good enough that even with bad quarterback play, they'd be able to win some games, you know, and that's not really what happened. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be gonna be a not long, interesting off season. This year stung more for me than last year did. This I one agree. I have a way more sour taste in my mouth than I did the year before because you could still argue some of the key you know playmakers were younger or injured as well too. You know we did have Brees Hall this entire season and he he was electric. So it's like, but to have all those pieces there to have Jermaine take a step and to have a guy like. Uh, Quincy Williams take a huge step uh, like so many guys came up and were studs and yet the results are just just as disappointing if not a little bit more so I think that's what stings is like this was a really good opportunity in an AFC right now that I would still say like not a ton of teams that are like oh undeniably like will be in the AFC title game or pushing for like I think Baltimore is there you know you you can say like never doubt Kansas City. I don't really love what they're showing right now. I kind of think Buffalo's hot, but there's you know there's like the Browns are in there, the Colts are in there. Like there are these teams that are so flimsy um, that you know it, it does just feel like a wasted opportunity. You know we get a year without Joe Burrow. We get a year where Kansas City's offense looks really bad. Um, you know, and and now you know we're we're sitting outside the playoffs and hoping that we can catch a lucky break in twenty twenty four. Yeah, not ideal. Um, and again, you know, just just another win that that kind of pushes us down that draft board. Yeah. Um, to move to the next game, the Browns <laughs> game. Um, you know, obviously a better opponent in the Browns. Mm -hmm. But what I will say about this game, and and I want to be very clear, I don't really hold this against them. 
but this was by far the worst game our defense has played all year, maybe in the last two years. And, you know, early in the game, it's it's 7-7. We score in the first quarter again on a six-play, 75-yard drive, you know. Um, and you kind of get excited. You're like, all right, like, let's do it. Let's have a game, you know. And then, and then <laughs> unlike the Jets, right, who, who are known for having these low, low-scoring games, but their offense just can't get anything done. And then eventually, you know, the other team blows it open. This, the, the Browns wasted no time right after it was 7-7. They answer with three unanswered scoring drives. They go up 27-7. to um, We do make it a little close, but by the end of the, of the first half, it's 34-17. to um, Only six more points would be scored in the rest of the game, which is pretty hilarious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely like once you got to the Browns game, which again, better team, better offense. I'm not knocking that, but it was truly... It, it really did seem like the defense was just not giving it what they usually do. Um, it's probably hard to stay, you know, motivated or whatever, you know, when, when you're not in that playoff mix, but it's still just kind of like not what you wanted to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, another just tough, tough, tough game um, for the New York Jets. And then to answer, you know, with a second half where they score three points, just not ideal. I think the big thing that I, you know, everybody went away from that game being like, man, hey, the Jets had Joe Flacco at one point. I, I, you know, I, I push back on that so hard because Joe Flacco on this Jets team would have been really bad this year. You know, I know the Browns are down Nick Chubb. They're down a few starting offensive linemen, but they have Kevin Stefanski, one of the greatest play callers in the entire NFL. And, you know, Joe looks great. I got to say his arm looks fucking awesome. He looks pretty you know mobile for his age they've just got a great scheme they've got a great game plan to build specifically yeah. around him in that offense so i i think people were like you know even in samini's article you know he lists all the quarterbacks that have been around in the robert sala era and where they're at now and it's like starters joe flacco with the browns geno smith but then you've also got the backup sam darnold with the 49ers josh johnson with the ravens mike white with the dolphins teddy bridgewater with the lions and john walford and he's he's listing just names of guys that were ever like even on like a training camp roster or practice right. squad but i when the flacco stuff i just that's that's such a better situation for him than the Jets would have ever been this year. Like, I don't think Joe Flacco on this team. Like, I'm sure we get more wins, but like maybe two more. Yeah, uh, that's my argument all year on the the backup quarterbacks has been that like it, this idea that you know we haven't really we haven't really just like it's not like it's like every game has just been 100% because we don't have a good enough quarterback. Right. Mm -hmm. And like the idea that Joe Flacco would have been able to hang behind our offensive line, who's been atrocious, you know, for basically the entire season. Um, just not super realistic to me. And it just like makes me go back to like, when we had Joe Flacco, we were very much, you know, like, Hey, we need a better backup than this guy because he's not good enough. So if if you want, like, listen, we can have takeaways, right? It's like the Jets, similar to the Browns, should have been a team that was good enough to have a backup quarterback and still have a winning record, you know, and should have been a team that was able to kind of adjust to, oh, hey, we got to make it work with these backups. Let's see what we can do. They haven't. And I think that's a negative for the Jets. But I think this idea that, like, how ridiculous are they for not wanting Joe Flacco 
it's like, yeah, sure, we should have signed more quarterbacks when when Rodgers went down. But it's not like having this 38-year-old quarterback who's not super mobile would have changed much for this team. Yeah, when I look at all the options, the only ones that pop out to me are like the, the slightly athletic mobile ones. Like Jacoby, I think yeah. he would have been the biggest upgrade for this Jets offense just because I Easy. he takes shots, man. You know, he he may, you know, really hurt you with some plays, but he's going to be aggressive and throw things up for Garrett Wilson. He's going to try and put into tight holes and just take chances where I think sometimes our quarterbacks nice. this year have played it, um, you know, a little bit chill. But, yeah. you know, there's, there's a... Um, there were a bunch of guys out there. I really think that some of them, you know, it's just like the more mobile ones. Like we even, we were talking about Josh Dobbs and he's been benched, you know, for Nick Mullins. And it, there's only, right. you can only do it for so long. I, I don't think that your point is exactly right. It's like those backup quarterbacks that maybe are doing well in other places, they still have to then go play for the New York Jets in this offense. And it's right. like, so that also is going to knock them down a peg. Um Teddy, we said we were going to brush through these quick hitters super quick. We just spent a lot of time on those first two games. Anything That's else? That's all right. We missed Anything two else? games. Yeah. Um. No. I mean, stuff from hey. Them? No. It, these are meaningless games at the end of the year. It's tough. Um. It is what it is. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on to some of the news that's come out in the last few days. Um, Samini on New Year's Eve put out this big Jets article on ESPN just highlighting, you know, some of the young guys, uh, the roster, looking forward, Robert Sala error, kind of just a whole bunch of notes in there. And one thing that came out and got a lot of attention online was that uh, Joe Douglas had added dummy years to the contracts of all of Carl Lawson, Dwayne Brown, Jordan Whitehead, and CJ Uzoma in order to create cap space that passed off season to acquire Aaron Rodgers and make some of the other roster moves that they ended up making. Um, now, to be fair, you know, this caught a lot of people's attention. We did know in the off season that they restructured contracts to make cap space. And there was even an article out that, you know, Teddy pulled up before we got on here about them creating some more room for Carl Lawson's deal. And we know that they were messing around with the cap in order to um, bring in this new rush of players. The, the problem and the thing that I want to focus on most is that these are four players that you could either, you know, say definitely want to move off of this off season or, you know, we could move off of this offseason if we needed to, yet all four players are going to account for $20.2 million of the 2024 cap. So what are your thoughts? <clears throat> and, and we can even take this player by player, but the situation in general of now having four guys that you would say we should move on from, or at least three of the four, yet uh, all of them will have, you know, cap hits between the range of $3 million Between the range of 3 to, to six, 6 million. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, not ideal. Definitely not. But it is one of those things where, like, I do think it took a lot of people by surprise. And I think what really stinks about this is when you look at, like you said, the names of the players. I'm going to give Jordan Whitehead a pass here because I think he's a, a pretty decent player while, you know, not maybe the best. He has had his mistakes, but he's also a pretty decent starter to have. But Carl Lawson has been a non-factor, you know, was inactive in a bunch of games, has done nothing. nothing. CJ Uzama injured for the year, one of the most hated players of the season, right up there with Alan Lazard of just guys who, who seem to be blowing it every time we needed to not blow it. Yeah. Um, and then Dwayne Brown, who was injured most of the year and then has just been like a extra tackle backup who hasn't been able to touch the field, you know, yeah. so all kind of a waste. 
I mean, Dwayne Brown's not even he'll he's not even signed to a deal. We just owe him money. You know, yeah. like it's not like he's going to be a free agent. Um, so, yeah, not ideal. Not what you want to hear. I do think, though, like this is what you we, we knew things like this were happening. I don't think anyone wanted to, like, get super in the weeds with it when it, when it happened. But when you restructure contact contract years with aging veterans to be able to, you know, push some money back that you don't have to owe this year so you can pay Aaron Rodgers 70 million. I mean, that's what happens. Right. So. I guess we didn't pay him 70 million this year. Um, but yeah, so it stinks. It's not ideal. I don't think it's like, wow, what a terrible idea by Joe Douglas, because at the end of the day, he was making a move to get Aaron Rodgers, and we thought he was going to be our quarterback in 2024. That's not what ended up happening. Um, there'll have to be some cap gymnastics this offseason for sure. But I do hopefully we can just trust that the cap is fake. That's what everyone always says when the cap gets brought up. And we can just figure it out, restructure some things and, and you know, still have a pretty decent offseason. You know, you know, what's funny about that cap thing. This is just a quick sidebar that the one team they always pointed to over the last like five or six years, they were like the Saints. This, this, the cap doesn't matter to the Saints. The Saints figure it out every single year. They they are in cap hell, but then they figure it out. And you know what I look at over the last five years who hasn't really been all that good is the New Orleans Saints. So like whatever they're doing. Like, they, oh, cool, they figured out the cap. It's not helping them out. They're either just staying right where they are or yeah. getting slightly worse. Um, so, yeah, the, but, but you're right. Real quick, though, yeah, the Rams are the other flip side of that, where they're trading all their draft picks, doing all this cap stuff. Everyone thought this was going to be the year they had to pay the Piper. What do they do? You know, they put together a decent team, and they're looking like they're they, going to make the playoffs. They kept their draft picks, and in, like, day three, found three starters. Like, three quality, right. really good starters. So it's, yeah, it's Puka just, and Kyron, both their picks. So I guess that such did help a them as well. Killer, they're such a killer organization, how they just are, are pivoting back and forth from that, like Ray Allen. Um, Man, yeah. So I, I, I guess what was on for – it's just – exactly. It's not like – how dare you do this because them doing this allowed them to make all the moves that we are really excited about. But when you have a frustrating year and all of those players, except Jordan Whitehead, maybe get significantly worse, yeah. like significantly, like we were healthy scratching Carl Lawson for a while. Um, like you said, with Dwayne Brown, he hasn't been around CJ Uzama. Like you said, one of the more hated guys on this team that's what makes it mad is like, oh, these fuckers are still going to be around or they're just going to be like going against the cap for us and being some, but where else? Like it's, right. it's more the names that are attached. Cause I'm sure if we saw this in July, we would have been like, oh, okay, well maybe Carl Lawson has a good season and it's fine to have a little bit of money attached. Oh, Dwayne, that's not too right. Great, like I would have but... told you, I would have told, if you told me beginning of this year, like, Hey, how Carl, how's Carl Lawson going to play this year? I'm like, he's probably going to be a solid veteran, you know, yep. and probably, probably help out the team. I thought CJ Uzama would do the same. You know, it's not what's happened. It's a little embarrassing to read, but you know, it is what it is. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the timing of it. You know, Samini is trying to get those clicks definitely worked. Um, moving along. Uh, Zach Wilson ruled out for week 18 uh, his Jets tenure is officially over. Um, Robert Sala in his press conference today was saying kind of the same stuff he said, you know, for a couple of years now. Uh, he's going to have a long career in the NFL. We should have sat him his rookie season, yada, 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 giving him his flowers. He told or he or Joe Douglas, I'm not sure who it was, told Zach Wilson at some point this season that he'd be traded in the offseason. So it's mm -hmm. going to happen. It'll be interesting to see what they can get for him. But a final farewell 
to our young boy Zach Wilson. Um, what? Let me let I'm me excited. just to, just to make a conversation <laughs> out of it. What is harder to? What is the harder pill to swallow? That Sam Darnold did not work out here in New York, or Zach Wilson did not work out here in New York? Good question. I mean, they don't seem all that different. Yeah. To be honest with you, Zach Wilson probably is a little more difficult just because it really did feel in the moment like we were providing him with the things he needed. You know, yeah. it really did feel like, hey, we're not like because when you look at Sam Darnold, it was so easy to, you know, say, well, he got he was with Gates and he had the McCagnan roster and they had no talent and he's, right. you know, his his best receivers were, you know, supposed to be Quincy Anunwa, who never played again, supposed to be Robbie Anderson, who was a flash in the pan, supposed to be Le'Veon Bell, who who never was able to establish himself. Like he had Adam Gase, all these things where it sucked, but it was like it was like this is just a clean, you know, we're gonna move on, we're gonna restart, do it all. It is what it is. Zach, like it's not hard for me to swallow that he's done. I wanted to be done with him after last year, so don't get me wrong there. But yeah. when you say like what hurts more that it didn't work, this did feel like it should have worked, right? Like we had the number two overall quarterback. We had the stud running back. We had the number one wide receiver. We had a coach that we thought we believed in. Like all those things were like, yo, this is actually going to work out. And then it didn't, you know, it, sh it should have been what the Houston Texans were this year. Right. You get the defensive coordinator yeah. from San Fran. Perfect. Great young defense. Perfect. Great studs. You You're bring so in the right. number two overall pick. Yeah, the weapons aren't fantastic, but you've got something to work with. Nico, Tank Dell comes along. Like, they should have been yeah. the Houston Texans um, I of, think another, of this year. Another similar comparison, and, and it's not the same with the quarterback, but, like, the Lions were this team that was, you know, very bottom of the barrels with the Jets, and then – kind of in, in lockstep with the Jets over a few years, you know, was adding some some people, got a new coach, you know, slightly different years there. But it, it kind of seemed the same. And it was like one of these teams feels like they're really on the brink of taking this big next step. And I really did think it was going to be the Jets, you know, and now we're seeing the Lions and the Texans, you know, be in the playoffs or at least competing. And we're seeing the Jets just do the same old thing. So it's tough, you know, not not what we wanted to see. Um, but overall, I'm very happy to be getting rid of Zach Wilson. I wanted to do that last year. Um, and I'm just happy to be kind of done with that saga. Because it's yeah. like if we had just started, you know, Tommy DeVito all year and had been terrible, that would have made this year not so bad. Mm -hmm. But because it was like Zach Wilson, who we decided to be our backup to Aaron Rodgers, you know, and committed to for a third year. And then everyone just got to victory lap us for 18 weeks. Yeah. You know, it, it was not the funnest year for me. Nope. <laughs> totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, Jets. What? Go ahead. Do you have a question? I was about just going to say, like, what do you think? Do you, you think what, what could he get traded for? Sixth round pick, maybe a fifth. Yeah. Maybe a fifth. Maybe it's maybe it's even like a conditional a giving fifth. a fifth for Zach Wilson. I really I, can't look. If you have a stable quarterback that is maybe getting up there in age, or maybe has a contract up in two years, like there's worse guys that you could take a shot on, and just say like, my well, what? Problem, what? If, go ahead. My problem with Zach Wilson is. Like, 
he's had some flashes, but right. truly the Texans game felt like the only game that was really all that good for him. And even that was only a half. Like he's never put together a full game. It's only been halves at a time. And I, I, I just do not buy into Zach Wilson having the talent that's needed, you know, for him to, to actually, I mean, sure. Can he maybe get a couple more starts? Sure. And I think the way he played in that Texas game or Texans game actually did buy him a few more starts in this league where it was very possible. He could have just fizzled out. Um, but yeah, I don't have much confidence in him. I don't know what other teams are really going to be willing to give up. And I wouldn't be surprised if we just ended up cutting him or trading him for a seven. <laughs> Guys, I had to pause to cough. Guys, Traits. Traits always win. You know, traits yeah, always win out. If fair. you have some trait, somebody's going to try and take a shot on it. Now, as you started to say that, though, I thought to myself, I was like, what team is going to comfortably do what the Jets did this offseason and said, we're going to make Zach Wilson our QB, too? Like, there's no world in which he is a team's backup quarterback. You can't put that confidence in. You can, yeah. But yeah, exactly. You can't put. So you'd have to he'd have to go somewhere to be a three you know, riding around like a practice squad or if a team is like, he's probably going to go to the Rams reunite with Michael Fleur and then like win a Super Bowl, And then I'll just really want to die. Rams and chiefs are on, on my bingo card. Um, Minnesota, if they bring back Kirk, he's good. I mean, he's going to, he's going to go somewhere. It will. You're right. I, a fifth maybe is a little too strong. Maybe it's a sixth or seventh at that point. Um, we shall see. Yeah, we'll only have to talk about him once more. We'll, we'll talk about him when he gets dealt, and uh, we'll be we'll be done. Um, also, news this week: uh, the Jets cut Dalvin Cook. Um, he is free to sign elsewhere later this week. There's a couple playoff teams interested, most notably Dallas and Baltimore. Um, how will you remember the Dalvin Cook era? Um, you, you don't have to answer that. You can just go and talk about this. <laughs> It's not a no. Era. I mean, it's a solid question. I, I I do think this is a really interesting kind of thing. Um, because number one, they cut Dalvin Cook, and say, you know, hey, go be free to sign with the playoff team, do your thing, try to salvage this year of yours. Like, why didn't we do this three weeks ago? I guess is my biggest, you know. And I don't even mean that at like like it doesn't matter, obviously, but it's like what. Did he not want this to happen earlier? I, there might be something I don't know about um, NFL contracts. So a lot of his were player incentives like that would bring sure. him up. It, if he hits those incentives, but with another team, does he then get that? Well, no, because we cut him. Because we cut him. So his contract is void. Right. So like, there's no no incentives. See, because that would have been there. the only thing that would have made me thought why we would have because we kept him in at, like he was a healthy scratch a couple of times right. at the end down here. So it's like, yeah, why did why why did we just choose now of all of a sudden? Yeah, it's odd, you know. But hey, good for him. It was a big swing and a miss for the Jets. You know, a lot of discourse around the the move when it happened, and you know, all the people who said it was a bad move, which I thought was kind of crazy at the time, turned out to be correct. Um, what I will say about Dalvin Cook is I don't really believe that he has like hit his cliff as a player. I do think he started to look a little better at the end of the year. And I do, you know, kind of, like, do I think he's the elite player he always was? No, but 
I do think if he if if the Jets were more committed to using him, I do think he could have been able to kind of hit his stride and get a little bit more out of himself. Um, and he probably would have felt like more a, a, of a part of the team and, you know, like he was doing something if he was getting more touches. Um, so, yeah, it was this weird thing, right, where we signed him at the beginning of the year. It felt like every time we gave him the ball, we were getting zero yards. Then once we stopped giving him the ball, it did seem like he had some juice when he came in. He had one good start to a game and then ended up fumbling, you yep. know, after like three big runs. So very, very odd, you know, definitely a, a blemish on the Jets this year. It's a move that didn't work out. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see him hang around, you know, at least into next year and maybe make some moves in the playoffs, you know, being relevant. Uh, but I do think a lot of it, like if, the Jets had been willing to give him more touches or maybe been in a position with the way game scripts went to give him more touches. I don't think it would have been as big of a failure. I think it's somewhere in the middle. I, I do think there was a noticeable decline compared sure. to, um, but also at the same time, you're right. Nothing went right for this Jets offense. So it's hard to say one way or another that, you know, he's as bad as he's looked like, look, we, we see a ton of guys leave the jets and look better elsewhere. You know, Michael Carter yeah. has looked, you know, the last weeks just to look at the running back position, like in a short amount of touches has shown some of that same stuff that we got excited about with Michael Carter in his rookie season, you know, yeah. breaking tackles, being that pass catcher out of the backfield. Like, yes, it's a very small sample size and he's on a bad team. So he's going to get touches, but like, We've seen plenty of guys leave and do better elsewhere. Um, so there's not to say that Dalvin Cook is going to sign with Dallas or ba and Baltimore and, and turn into like this, oh, God, he's terrible. Um, I think he definitely can provide – he's definitely an asset to a, to a playoff team. Like I don't – he's not like a guy that – you know, yeah. it's, I think where we just – where we are now compared to where we were in August when when Miami was up against us and it was like, oh, Miami or the Jets, where is he going? What's he going to do? Two Super um, Bowl teams. You know, we were talking about the money that he was going to get paid. And then, you know, he came in for the visit on Hard Knocks. And there was just like, there was a lot of hype that was built around. So compared to that, significantly worse. But we also have to understand, like, it's probably going to be a little bit better when he does go play for a team in the postseason at some point. Yeah. I think so. We should do a, an interesting um, thing that happened, though. It, it, it is funny. The Jets have this really funny history of like signing these huge name running backs, like right at the end of their yeah. career, you know, yeah, add right? Dalvin Cook to that list, add Hall of Famer Dalvin Cook to the list of Jets, you know, that's a fun one. Yeah, I think uh, I think what I just decided me to do after he signs with a, a playoff team. I'm going to do a, a Jets players Super Bowl bracket. So it won't be the teams. It'll be just like the players that are on each playoff team that were part of the Jets. And we'll just fill out our Jets playoff bracket. Interesting. Because we'll put Flacco in Cleveland. We'll put Darnold for the 49ers. And we'll just, we'll kind of like predict how the playoffs are going to go by virtue Who's of. Who's going to get a ring? Uh, which former Jet is going to get a ring? Gonna get a ring. Exactly. <laughs> That's fair. Exactly. That's fair. Anything else? Anything else you want to talk about before we get into uh Let's you know get what into this little little New Year's draft? Teddy did such a great job with this. You know, we were talking about like things that we're looking forward to in in 2024 and making out the list you're like, "Oh, I'm just excited to be done with so many things that we had to talk about or deal with in 2023." So, um 
we're going to go three rounds, list off some honorable mentions at the end there as well, too. Anything about the game itself that you want to discuss before getting into it? What was your process no, yeah. like? Making for me, list? it was it was very much just like like trying to think of things we're excited for next season. And a lot of it did feel like there's a lot of things I'm not excited for for next season. True. Um, I'm not excited to have to redo, you know, what like the offseason we just did right where we're excited that Aaron Rodgers is going to be our quarterback and we're trying to project how that's going to go. Um, not getting to see him complete one pass and then just having to do that all over again is just bothering the hell out of me. <laughs> um, it's going to be a long, long off season. It was six months of excitement last off season just to be shot down on the you know fourth play of the season. And that's just going to be stuck in my brain forever until we get to see Aaron Rodgers play some games and stay healthy on the field. So, um, yeah, you know, one of those things, but, but I'm excited and, 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 you know, my picks may not be the most positive, um, but I'm excited for them nonetheless. So, so we can get started. I don't know if you want me to rip it or. Yeah. Rip first pick. We'll we'll do a snake draft and, and you can just kick things off for us. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So my number one overall pick things I'm excited for in 2024 and you know this may even have to wait a little bit until 2025 depending on how the season goes next year um what I'm excited for is to finally answer this coach GM discussion that we have with Robert Sala Mm. and Joe Mm. Douglas that has been going on for the past two years now um this whole year 2023 has been just like a, a a red shirt year, basically a skip, a leap year in that nothing that really happened the second that Aaron Rodgers went down mattered to the fact that the Jets were, you know, or to what the Jets were going to do with their coaching staff, right? Like maybe it did a little, but at the end of the day, all the things that we said would have to happen for these guys to get fired kind of did, you know, you had a historically bad offense, worse than the Gase years even. You had... Uh, a five game losing streak, which, you know, was bookended by wins where you scored like 13 points in one of them. Um, This constant question of is Robert Sala actually a good coach? Is Joe Douglas a good GM? You know, we all have our opinions. We all have our beliefs. At the end of the day, we need to see results on the football field. It feels like it was supposed to happen this year and it didn't. And so at the end of the day, next year, you know, the leash is going to run out for these guys. If it doesn't end up being a successful year, it will be much easier to move on as opposed to this year where it's kind of like, well, they didn't really get to do the thing that we were planning on them doing, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm just excited that next year will be their swan song or, you know, them establishing themselves and say, hey, you made the right decision. We're going to stick around for a while. Um, so yeah, I'm just excited to know one way or the other, are we going to buy into these guys and keep them hanging around and finally succeed as a Jets organization? Or is it time to hit the reset button again and bring in some new, uh, front office and, and coaching staff? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I feel, I mean, that's a great pick because obviously the head coach and the GM are two of the most important people in your entire organization. Um, and without good ones, you will not be good. You could have the best roster in the world. If you're poorly coached, if if you are poorly run as a GM, you, you will burn that thing to the ground. What'll be 
extremely interesting, especially this year, is there's such a different type of task in the offseason for Joe Douglas. Because, like, my mind is, like, 80% made up on Robert Sala. I do believe there is room for him to prove me wrong and, you know, make a huge jump there with everything right and ready to go next season. But this offseason is really interesting for Joe now because you are stuck in two eras. You have this era now of, like, this year and next year where Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback, you have a very talented roster, and yeah, you kind of are performing for your job, so you probably have to only look at this one era, but at the same side, if you had a little bit more security and say that, you know, God forbid, all of a sudden you're up there with the fifth overall pick if you lose to New England and some other things go the right way, like where are you investing, you know, you have taken a lot of shots on offensive lines, some good, some not good, some unlucky, Like there's going to be so many decisions that need to be made in the draft this year, fixing up as many positions on the offensive line as you can. You know, it's hard to even fix one, but there's a chance they're going to need to fix two or three different spots there this off season, figuring out how you're going to maneuver the cap to also bring in guys. Cause let me tell you, Aaron Rodgers is going to try and bring a few more buddies into town, whether it works out or not. Like there's going to be this wave of guys that they're going to try and bring into New York. How do you make that work financially? What draft compensation do you give up in order to bring in other players? So I, I'm more so really interested in, um, I'm more so really interested in uh, what this next 12 months is going to look like for Joe Douglas, because he's the guy that I'm more convinced is great at his job than I am the other. But at the same time, like you said, if things go poorly next year, both of them will be out. You know, it it won't be a one's captain one's here. If it goes bad next year, we will be out. Yeah, I I, I don't really disagree with you that it, it does seem like when you're looking at these things that Joe Douglas has performed better. But yeah, like at the end of the day, it's no longer like this. Yeah, you know, Joe Douglas has only been around two and a half, three and a half. Like, th- he's going on year five now. You know, like, he's had a lot of games under his belt. He's had a lot of time to build this roster and to hire coaches, too, you know, in conjunction with Woody Johnson. So, at the end of the day, it does come down to this season. So, yeah. Good first pick. Great first pick. I'm I, I'm going to hit you with two um, first one kind of ties into what you were saying. This is kind of a cop out, but it, it was, it would have been first in any draft getting me hyped up for the 2023 season. Um, the, the return of Aaron Rodgers to a football team, my favorite player outside of Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. What? Go ahead. That seems like an easy one that I missed. Very, very easy. One. <laughs> Aaron like, Rodgers being the QB. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers stepping back in here now after, uh, you know, just one of the more heartbreaking injuries. I I mean, you think if you want to watch those, those, that 20 minute period leading up before Monday night football, him, we've talked about the scenes of it, but just like, if you go through and watch that again and just how broken everything went as quick as it did. And for Mm -hmm. a guy like him, who has openly shared how happy he was for this fresh opportunity. He seemed like a new guy. You know, he was getting so much love. It was like there was a little bit of a turn there in terms of the nationwide, um, you know, opinion of Aaron Rodgers. And obviously he he always keeps his mouth running. So it changes from time to time. But there was a real push for like, man, Aaron Rodgers is the dude. He's like a cool fucking guy that maybe just got a bad rep for a few comments. He is my favorite player um, outside of my Colts quarterbacks. 
I, I, I hope nothing more for him to have a great end to his career here, especially in New York, a team that has been desperate for a quarterback. I pray that we get a fully healthy 2024 for Aaron Rodgers because um, that will be a huge thing contributing to your pick as well, too. It's like things work no, out with Aaron Rodgers. Sure. Things work out with the Jets. Things work out for the Jets. Those two keep their jobs, and we're a lot happier next year than we are right now. So number one pick, Aaron Rodgers playing football for the New York Jets more than four snaps. Yeah. And, and, and like, you can see my, my scar, right? <laughs> because it's like, I don't even, I'm scared to buy into that because I spent the whole off season being scared and, and you know, that something was going to go wrong and it did, but yes, hopefully next year will be that year where we get to see Aaron Rodgers play. Um, you know, this year sucks. So hopefully we don't flip through that again. Great pick. Yeah. Uh, second pick. I'm going to go a little bit more on the the selfish side, um, I am so happy, and I almost tipped this pick earlier in this podcast, um, to no longer have to have conversations about Zach Wilson or Mekhi Becton, those two players specifically. Like, after next week, and after they get cut or traded, we do not have to talk about them again. They have been frustrating conversations, up and downs, all this time. We buy in, we sell our stock, we buy in, we sell our stock, we get mad at them, we, we love them, like... They have been the two players, I think, more than anybody in this organization. One, because they do show at times physically elite traits, but at the same time, there's so many things mentally that frustrate you about them um, at different points. You know, Makai did a lot of great things for his, um, I'm trying to say, off the field persona this offseason i yeah, think he got a himself. lot of people exactly he got a lot of people to buy back into him the play toward the end of the year has fallen apart and so it's that's changed a little bit but zach wilson up and down i'm just i'm happy that we no longer have to sit here yeah and put on the dock you know up oh, zach wilson's back in or up oh, makai got injured again like i'm just glad to be done with it i'm done with both of them i i like that pick a lot and and you know you think about the inception of this podcast right which was two off seasons ago zach wilson's second year you know a big reason of it is we thought you know hey this jets team is is on a rocket ship and 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 uh makai beckton and zach wilson were two of those guys that we really thought were going to perform and that's not what happened and it's been this constant you know, every week that we've done this podcast, it feels like there's something revolving those two, you know, that needs to be discussed or talked about. Um, so, yeah, very fair pick. And I enjoy it. And I like that you're being a little selfish with it. I'm trying um, to think I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that fits that shoe as well. I mean, you know, guys that were brought in like I, I wasn't like oh, I need C.J. Ozama to be the, the best tight end in the world or like Carl Lawson to be the best edge. Like I'm trying to think right. if there's anybody outside. of It really is just those two. There hasn't been. Like, I can't wait to yeah. be done with it. There hasn't been guys in the news, in the beat more often than those two, it feels. I mean, even Makai Becton, like this offseason, every single week, it felt like we had something to talk about with Makai Becton, you know, yep. and it was just like, so yeah, I'm with you. I'm sad that that those guys didn't end up working out. Makai real big fall from grace the second half of this season um, after it really did look like he was playing well, but yeah, you're right. It is, it is time to move on and, and Hey, maybe that'll help us out um, for my second pick. I'm going to build off your first pick, right? Because I do think 
part of it has to do with having Aaron Rodgers or just, you know, competent quarterback play. If we don't end up getting Aaron Rodgers all year next year, I hope that we have other quarterbacks that are able to play with him um, and, and be a little bit better than Zach Wilson or any of these other guys we've had. My pick is for Garrett Wilson to finally get his true, true breakout into being an elite player. Um, I think over the past two seasons, he has been elite. Don't get me wrong. He's been outstanding. 2022, he had 83 catches for 1,100 yards. Um, 2023, 93 catches for 1,008 yards with one game left to go. This guy has performed. This guy has done everything you can ask of him, but he's done it with seven different quarterbacks. He's done it with Zach Wilson. He's done it with Tim Boyle, with Mike White, Joe Flacco. Um, this is a guy who should easily be able to get up 13, 1,400 yards, should easily be able to be over 100 catches, should not have games where he goes two for 18, You know, should not have games where he's not targeted until the second half. All these things that have come up, and, and granted, you know, elite players, it happens every once in a while. It doesn't happen a lot, though. And, and Garrett Wilson, everybody was all on this train. Aaron Rodgers was going to be there to feed him. Um, you know, and what what did Aaron Rodgers say to him when, when he went down? He said, I'm sorry, kid. You know, and I think that was, other than Aaron Rodgers, Garrett Wilson was someone who felt that the most oh, yeah. this year, felt that injury because he really, it, it was his time to establish himself as one of the top 10, five best wide receivers in the league. And that's not what happened. Um, so in 2024, I'm really hoping he just actually is able to take that true breakout, become a 13, 1400 yard receiver um, and really just shine week in and week out and not just be like, Oh, Hey, Garrett Wilson quietly had nine catches for 110 yards today. Like good for him. I want to see, you know, like, Oh, Garrett Wilson just took over that game. And, and, you know, kind of like a seeding land breakout over the past couple of years, things like yep, that. Um, exactly. That's what I'm excited to see. Totally agree. I mean, he's like, he will be the guy that benefits the most when, when Aaron Rodgers comes back, I will do the same thing next August where I sit down at my computer. I open up DraftKings and I do the same bets. I do him over on receptions. I do him over on yards. Receptions hit a couple weeks ago. Yards. I don't believe is hit. I haven't gotten a payout I need, for it. I need I took 11, 20 and a half, I think. So I, I think I'm around there about too. 115 yard game from him this upcoming week in order to cash mine. Yeah. Reception. Not impossible, hit. but no, we'll see. But it'll be, it'll be tough. Yeah. I have a, but I had receptions hit. I put him to lead the league in receptions. I will do that next year. I had year, him as offensive player him, of the year. <laughs> like I will put him in as many things as I can because when Aaron Rodgers has an, an elite wide receiver, he feeds that dude like he's a, a starving kid yeah. in Africa. Like he he truly will give that man the football as much as he can because he understands the importance of putting the ball in the playmaker's hands. Um, so, yeah, I, I totally agree. That's a, that's a great pick there. He is it, – it, we say all this stuff. Man, we are going to be saying the same shit all off season know, that we're saying like all this no. is just sitting me it's like we had this conversation for months last Rinse year and repeat yeah Fuck. it's tough that's where we're at we had young guys Fuck. that are coming back we got aaron Rodgers, hopefully going to be our quarterback you know it, it, it's a whole thing all right well hit us with your last pick oh then. shoot Finish i'm next my bad yeah, my bad wrap, all right third pick so 
there i have three and you know we'll, we'll, oh, okay. I'll, I'll quickly hit you with with the off with the honorable mentions yeah there's two that are you know more smart football guy oriented and then there's one that's just fun fan oriented and that's the way i'm gonna go Good. 2024 I like something i am excited for are the jets going to have new jerseys okay i don't know if you've heard anything going on i don't know if you've been keeping your ear to the ground Jets got new jerseys in, I believe, 2019. Um, my year could be one off there, but basically next year is you can only change it every like four years or five years. Like you can't have back to back uniform changes. Um, so this upcoming year will be the first time that they're eligible to to change their jerseys since they did it. I don't hate the current jerseys. Um but I don't love them as much as I think I initially did. And I also think they've just grown to kind of show like represent this horrible five-year stretch that we've been on um, with just completely inept offenses that can't score, can't move the ball, all that good stuff. Um, so I would like to see New Jersey's. I think there's a lot of cool looking um, like mocks that fans do and stuff like that out there. There's a lot of good old school. I mean, if the jets just went back to, you know, what they were wearing in 2009, 2010. I'd love that. That was such a classic look. If they really leaned into this jet um, up here and went back to that logo, and really, I'm, I'm open to anything, but it would be kind of fun to get new jerseys again. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I like that. I was not expecting that at all. I think I think it's funny when um, when we do a show like this where, like, I'm not person like, I'm a fan of the Jets by way of doing this show. I've never once thought about their jerseys, and the second that you brought it up, I thought, I was like, yeah, I don't really like this current set of jerseys. I don't, I, it just, nothing yeah. is, like, super clean or cool about it to me. I don't, they have, like, a weird stripe, don't they? They randomly have, a, yeah. like, a stripe that I don't I like. I do like them, but, like, for a while, I really liked them, and now I'm kind of like, yeah, they could be way sicker, so. Let's. But I like that too. Let's get the stink off the last few years. Yeah. Let's get some new jerseys in there. Rodgers will have a whole holistic. I don't think Rodgers looks good in our current jerseys. Like I think like Zach kind of looked okay. I think Rodgers kind of looks like get the get that guy a little to... old school jersey. Oh yeah, to fit the fit the gray hair yeah. that he's got going right. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that'll be nice. I like that. Maybe Salah can NFL stop putting type in of guy. Salah can stop putting in the just for men, and he can get those old school jerseys too. <laughs> Holy fuck, man! That. Dude, that dude's beard that is poor like... guy. He's got to take one from Big Cat. And when you dye your hair, you just got to tell everyone the day after, like, or the uh, day dude, before, like, hey, guys, dark. I'm going to dye my hair so that, oh. so that people don't make fun of you for it. Yeah, I, I call out every time I go back um, back home, my dad, his beard is just jet black. And he's got that sandpaper so hair, funny, man. Like, dude. his hair is so, and that I'm just is like, so funny. he's adjust for men recently. He goes, I don't do that. I'm, okay, dad. All right. You're 70 fucking years old. Yeah, oh, that's so, um, good. so yeah, maybe they can embrace their age and, and get some cool unis back. I like that pick. That's a fun. That'll, that'll be a fan favorite one, too, because I feel like that's something that you you do get a lot of discourse around. Yeah, you're we'll talk. I hope I hope they do it. That would be fun. I have a few funny honorable mentions, um, like ones that aren't or like that I'm going to say for honorable mentions, ones that like I would love to say and try and have a serious take here about it. But really, I'm just being an asshole. Um, I love the draft. It's my favorite part of the off season. I'm, I'm excited to see where the jets land because as long as they do not fall to like 12, which is the worst case scenario, 
I think they can walk away with an elite type playmaker on offense, whether it's an offensive tackle, whether it's a wide receiver, or God forbid there's something crazy where they just do kind of usher in that second generation with a quarterback. I think is very unlikely at the moment, but like there's there's some guys up here that are really exciting. You know, Olufashanu and Joe Alt at offensive tackle, they're going to be 10-plus-year starters uh, at left tackle there. Um, you know, Notre Dame pumps out great offensive linemen. Olufashanu could have been a you know a top 10 pick in last year's draft he's that good he's been that good since he was like a red shirt uh sophomore at penn state um and then you've got the exciting wide receivers you've got a marvin harrison jr you've got a malik neighbors you've got a romeo dunze you've got um uh who else am i forgetting i mean there's keon coleman florida state brian thomas jr out of lsu like there's you know not all of those guys are going to go top 10 but then fuck if you want to get big and play bully ball Brock Bowers, tight end, bring him into the fold. You know, yes, we feel good with Ruckert and uh, and Conklin, but this is a guy there that you would say is like a game-changing type tight end. So I'm I'm very excited as we approach draft season. Uh, maybe maybe the the excitement should be, we are picking high enough this year, where we will be adding a legit dude to this offense because it desperately yeah. needs it whether it is an offensive tackle whether it is a wide receiver too like if that if one of these guys is our wide receiver too that's a fucking really good wide receiver too from his rookie season this is a very strong wide receiver class um if you can get one of those top two tackles or even a jc latham out of alabama um if you're picking you know 10 or 11 or 12 maybe that's the route you end up having to go but regardless adding a day one starter to this offense because i think that is where most of our frustration comes from last year's draft where titman did come in eventually and was a starter for this offensive line and a good one but you're we've sat there and we've you know we're playing the long game with will mcdonald but we're a team right now that shouldn't be playing the long game you know we should be playing the win now game and we needed a tackle or we needed a wide receiver and we didn't take one of those guys so i'm excited to do the draft right this year and add a day one starter to the offense yeah. No, I love that pick. I think it's, it's good. You know, you're just excited for our first round pick. Um, and I, I, I do think, you know, tackle or wide receiver, you, as long as they go there, I think that they're, it's going to be hard to kind of mess that up. How I'm do they not go on there. team tackle? How do they not no, go I'm to totally one of those? You like, could you imagine, yeah. could you imagine if they take if another they fucking edge? End. Oh my God, <laughs> I'd fucking kill myself. <laughs> no, not after this Jermaine Johnson breakout. I, I would hope not. But yeah, like that's the thing is I I will be fine with a wide receiver. And I think that, you know, the the um, Bengals taking Jamar Chase instead of Penny Sewell has kind of like downplayed that argument of like oh well if you're gonna throw how, how are you gonna throw to him if you can't block and like all that stuff but yeah you're so right like if, if they're able to get a joe wall or a marvin harrison jr that would be fucking sweet yeah um yeah hell yeah i mean i'll, I'll just real quick jump in with an honorable mention here because it might be right off of yours mine was just gonna say offensive line and it's it's not that i'm like incredibly excited to, to you know see it because i think we're gonna be outstanding but there is gonna be a lot of movement you know this year it did very much feel like we were like okay well we feel pretty good about the names like if we have makai and dwayne brown as our right and left like they've like uh Dwayne Brown played really good last year, but he's 39 now and Makai's this big question mark, all that stuff. Like it's gonna be a big reset year for us. Um, you know, you'll have Elijah Vera Tucker come back. It sucks that he has been hurt the last two years, but you can't doubt how good he's been when he's on the field. 
Um, Joe Tittman is going to be our center, going to go in just as the starter, I would assume. Um, And then, you know, I'm assuming that we'll draft an offensive line, lineman in the top 10. But if we don't, I'm sure we'll add one. But so that's you're going to have one to two or two to three offensive line spots that are really up for grabs, you know, and I'm just excited to see what they do there um, because clearly like it just hasn't worked out, you know, and you can blame injuries. You can blame all these different things. It does feel like Joe Douglas has tried to address a line, but up to this point, it has not worked out. Hopefully this is the season where he's able to make that all come together. Maybe we sign some big free agents. Maybe we find some guys in the draft. One of those things. It's yeah. I mean, definitely it's, it's one of the outside of getting Aaron Rodgers back healthy. It's being able to protect him for the 2024 season. And it, it offensive line is such a scary position these last few years, because it's like, if you have good offensive linemen, you're keeping them. So they're not getting to free agency usually. So it's like, hopefully there's a a guy that is untapped potential that is getting moved on from because a, a team like San Francisco just has an excess of good offensive linemen. I guess that's how we ended up with Lakin, but um, you know, there's going to be those situations where hopefully you get a guy that needs out or wants his big payday, but needs it on another team. Um, because you're right. You're going to need to at least get two new tackles in there and, you know, you need more depth than what they had this year too. So it's not even just that. So they're going to have to go a lot of ways. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we're sitting here after the 2024 draft and they spent three, four yeah. picks on offensive linemen just because it is it oh. is that important right now yeah you're mr blurry for our youtube viewers it's kind of a cool look um oh, any wow. other any other honorable mentions in there I, i've got my, this... my last one was just backup quarterback hopefully we have a real backup oh, quarterback yeah. for once instead of zach wilson that, which was kind would, of like your first pick that would be nice that kind of that kind of ties into one of my honorable mentions i was i'm excited to see what uh what aaron Rodgers' buddies get brought in this offseason you know, like I, I truly think the Devontae Adams stuff is is dead. I don't think they're going to be able to make a move for him. I don't think that the draft capital makes sense. I don't think that the Raiders are going to be willing to move off of a guy like Devontae. So I'm, I, I think Devontae might want to come to New York, but the way I've heard him talk the last few weeks about like not only just Antonio Pierce, but how things have changed since Josh McDaniels has left, I think he feels a little bit better about being in Vegas. So outside sure. of that, like do they try and trade for – uh, an old injured offensive tackle making a lot of money in David Bakhtiari, you know, who is the backup quarterback, another one of Aaron Rodgers' old buddies. Like there's going to be a few names that get tossed out there that get brought in. And it's just like, hopefully they work out better than the guys that were brought in this year. Um, to tie along with that, I am super excited. This is near and dear to my heart for the, the redemption story of Nathaniel Hackett in 2024. Um, yeah, I think I think that'll it. be that'll be the final time where I think we all just sit there and be like, oh, Aaron Rodgers is making up for Nathaniel Hackett. He just likes him. That's why it works between the two of them. Um, I, I've developed that theory since midway through the season, um, but it will be fun if things go well for Aaron Rodgers in the offense to be like, oh, Nathaniel Hackett, look at him. But it's it's yeah. it's just that Aaron Rodgers is his quarterback. Um, I'm excited to win the offseason. I'm looking forward oh to winning God. the offseason. I'm, I'm so I'm looking forward for. to it. I'm so sick of winning the offseason, dude. Three <laughs> years running, we won the offseason. Well, well, hey, we we're, we won the offseason because we got Aaron Rodgers back. That's what we're going to say this upcoming. We got him back. Right. He's healthy. We well, won that's, the offseason. That, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that like narrative. It's, it's going to yeah. be like, <laughs> like people are going to be like, well, the Jets already have the biggest free agent signing because we basically signed – Aaron Rodgers this season. Someone, Joe know? Douglas, Joe Douglas is going to say that in a press conference at some point. I'm going to put a 
one right up to the side of my head. Yeah, no, that'll um, be something. That's what I'm least. I truly, I'm. I, I, I can't. The off season's already hard enough for me to get through, and and, and the idea of having to just like do all this hype again is gonna kill me dude yeah, it's gonna yeah. kill me well um, yeah hey do you have some other stuff on your honorable mentions i've got I'm one done. more i'm i'm, I'm looking right. forward to um in day three of the draft uh the jets taking a safety and converting him to linebacker <laughs> okay i i don't know if we're gonna do that again but we hey, have to it's a it's my favorite tradition we might as well we caught freaking like no other Hamza Nazruddin this year, so we got to replace yeah. him somehow. But shout out Jamie Sherwood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That was fun. That was a fun one. That was fun. I had a blast. Let's finish off with a bang, Taddy. Let's get super. No, no, no. We, we can't end. We can't end with a happy note. We have to talk about this upcoming game. <laughs> we have to finish. Yeah. We do still have a game coming up against our oh, great pals over there in New England, the New England Patriots. Yep. 15 straight. Bill Belichick potentially final game here um, with the Patriots. There's been a, the last few weeks, there's been a few like, ah, maybe they just do one more year. They give them a chance with the top draft pick, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Monday or we get a week into the off season and there's like a mutual parting of the ways it's, it's felt like that for a while. There's been a lot of reports to, you know, make it feel that way. So yeah, the jets are sitting here with a chance to lose and better their draft draft position win and end a, a an extensive long losing streak to New England to send off the Bill Belichick era with a loss after he started the New England era by spurring the Jets. Where do you you want a loss at this point? You've right? Right? Yeah, I, I don't know, dude. It, the the in in pure Belichick Patriots fashion, everything has worked out that it's just gonna be a true win-win for them this this week. You know, if the Jets, because don't get me wrong, beating the Patriots has been all I've wanted for so many years now. And like last year, feeling like even with everything that we went through, that we had a better team than the Patriots and not being able to get out of that 10 to three game with a win, you know, or this year, the 10 to six game with a win, like I want to beat the Patriots so, so badly and assuming this is Bill's final game, like if we don't do it now, then we then we end our you know career against Bill Belichick on a 16 game losing streak, and we don't ever say that we get to end that we got to end that streak, and that will bother the heck out of me, right? Yeah. The problem is that if we do go out and win this meaningless game, you know, it makes our draft pick worse. And it's not like next year everyone's just going to say, well, in the last eight years, the Jets are 1-15 against the Patriots, and their one win came in week 18 when nothing really mattered. So yep. it's like even if we win this game, it doesn't really help all that much. But at the same time, it it, it bothers me that we're not – you know what I mean? So, like, again, my mind is just in a pretzel. I don't know what I'm supposed to think. And before the game has even started – the Patriots have already beaten us and it sucks. Well, the other part of it too, is it's like, Oh cool. Your one win against the Patriots was when they were at their worst right. of the last yeah. 20 years. Right. Like you got to beat the worst version of new England. That's it. And it's like the, them winning doesn't matter. Us winning doesn't matter. Bill no. Belichick's most likely not even going to be the coach next year. Like 
both of you losing matters more than winning no yes yes all, all i'm i'm saying there no yeah. one's playing for anything is no. what i'm saying like no. like the, the it's not like the it's like when we beat the bills a few years ago in week 17 but it was like yeah well sure we beat the bills but they, we were playing all their second stringers it's like the, this game regardless of what happens going to have a huge asterisk if we lose it's better for us in the long run if we win you know new england gets the last laugh so one of those things i guess i'd probably hope for a loss but at the end of the day, when I'm sitting down watching, I'm going to hope that they win. That's how I work. Yeah. I don't blame you. I, yeah. I, the last few weeks have been, or the last like two months of this season has been so funny because we've been so dejected that our game previews have not been about like players right. and matchups to watch out for. It's just been like our feelings. Um, Cause I was even trying to think, I was like, let's, there's nothing to really highlight here. It's two really bad teams, but you know. Yeah, I mean, you got one team with fucking Bailey Zappi at quarterback and Ezekiel Elliott, who's somehow only 28 <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or whatever age he is, even though it feels like he's, he's 45. He's 36 in, in um, running back years. Right. And, and and their their number one wide receiver is, um, you know, Demario Douglas, Pop Douglas, standout rookie. Like, and then you have the Jets, right, who, who are going to be starting Trevor Simeon and you know blah 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 yeah. i don't think the matchups matter all that much i think we should say our score predictions and get the hell out of here well, the only other thing that i wanted to point out because we laugh at these totals is 30 and a half man 30 and a half i think i've dude, decided that's have low-key been hitting overs I, lately. Oh, dude i i i think i'm gonna hammer the over i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna hammer it 57 58 30 36 that's our last four games so i guess I do think the overhit in that Houston game, but the <laughs> the Cleveland game being 17 to 34 at halftime and then ending 37-20 is immensely hilarious. Having a teased under five minutes in, I was like, oh, this is done. Yeah. This is a loss. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What's your score prediction then? <laughs> this is hilarious because it's like I have no goddamn idea. I'm gonna go Jets 17. Patriots 10 Jets get a win Patriots get the last laugh our draft pick gets worse but at least we beat the Patriots well, that's the thing is either way you know that Scott's gonna hold all of the that either way no, we lost gonna hold it over we you. lost yeah, you've already lost this game before we it's lost. even been played has he brought that up to you that you have you talked no. to him about how you well, I, I do think I do think our, our wonderful Patriots fan Scott um I do think he is he will begin the game saying like we want to lose yeah definitely but but, but by the, the time the he day, beats like you. being 16 and 0 eight straight years yeah, yeah. gives you a little I, leg up over your buddies i'm gonna go i'm gonna go big patriots win okay i think bill i think zero. bill i think the idea of bill like, one last if, embarrassment if bill is truly moving on from new england I, if if he was here next year, I would say maybe he would look at this and be like, but like, I think he is all about Foot to the fucking the Jets. Fucking yeah. the Jets. He's Why would he want his last game in New England? In New England. It's not like he's in, in New York, like at home against the Jets, this team that you have owned. You're a really bad team this year, but you know what you are? You're still better than the Jets. I'm going to go Patriots win 24 to 10. That no, I'm gonna over. give I'm gonna give more points. I'm gonna do it does hit the over. I'm gonna go. Oh, 
Man, those overs have been hitting. I'm going to go a little bit higher. I'm going to go 27 Patriots win. Uh, 27-16. Give me a All lot right. of points. Points, 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 points. We shall see. Last Jets game of the year, boys. Patty, always fun doing these. We'll be back next week to uh, put a bow on the 2023 season, send off into the offseason. Oh, I had one more honorable mention, too. I'm, I'm excited for our rebrand, and we're just going to leave a nice little teaser out there, too. We're coming oh, yeah. back coming back after the uh, season with a whole new name. Um, I think it'll be a little bit more fitting, more suitable for, for audiences than to be like, oh, what are you listening to? I'm, I'm listening to Chasing 69. Yeah, what's um, that about? What's that about? You, you into you into porn podcasts? No, no, it's <laughs> it's about the Jets. Uh, yeah, so, actually. So I'm excited for that. That's what I'm looking forward to in 2024. A nice rebrand, but we'll have more of that when we come back post Super Bowl and get into the fun fun part where the Jets will win the offseason for the third season in a row. Um, enjoy the game this Sunday. Uh, better days are ahead. We appreciate you. We love you, and we'll talk to you next week.